Thank you so much, Deputy Minister, for joining us. Let's talk about your trip to the Nordic countries. Now you are on your final leg of the trip in Sweden. Um, how would you summarize uh, the visit so far as you conclude? Well, I think uh, there is a observation that we have done that the Nordics are in particular uh, strong in terms of our uh, bilateral relation, uh, but they are also uh, the hub in Europe uh, for the green economy uh, because they are actually the, 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 the uh, flag uh, bearers within making sure there's a just transition. Uh, so substantively our discussions uh, has been on uh, the green economy, uh, what uh, the commitment at Glasgow uh, means for South Africa and its uh, uh, bilateral uh, partners such as uh, uh, Sweden and uh, Norway. And uh, more importantly, uh, we have managed to unpack uh, comprehensively the, you know, our part towards uh, a just economy in terms of your electricity uh, provision, uh, understanding the significant opportunity that by 2030 uh, Cabinet have made a commitment to make sure we decarbonize uh, um, ESCOM uh, up to 12,000 megawatts uh, uh, of uh, opportunities there. Of course, uh, what is significant and concomitant to that is to make sure the 400,000 jobs uh, within the broader electricity sec sec sector gets not only safeguard but also are converted into three technological type of jobs. So th those were some of uh, our discussions. Uh, Sweden um, is quite big in terms of um, your hydrogen uh, g g green energy and uh, obviously they are participating and the commitment in terms of bilateral discussions has been to strengthen uh, the rollout of your green hydrogen va uh, uh, valleys in, in South Africa. Uh, they are obviously quite interested to look at the important relationship uh, in the automotive uh, sector uh, because as you know for example, we have uh, a very significant uh, hybrid uh, electricity type of uh, car uh, in partnership with uh, Toyota, uh, South Africa. And they have obviously introduced components as it relates to biofuel uh, and how to make sure that you know your cars uh, get uh, properly uh, uh, transfigured using obviously green uh, uh, technology. So. With business Sweden and with business uh, Norway, uh, there has been fortification economically in terms of our economic uh, diplomacy sense. Importantly, and what would be of interest even to our president, will be that they have conducted what they call a, a business climate surveys, uh, uh, both uh, Sweden and Norway. Uh, those surveys is, would serve then as catalysts um, to it's, it's obviously look at uh, introspection in terms of how Norwegian and Swedish companies uh, see themselves, uh, you know, their future part in South Africa to deepen um, their foreign direct investment footprint in South Africa and ultimately using your African continental free trade uh, agreement is a further pedestal, uh, you know, to ensure they 
conduct business with uh, identified African countries. So I think we are confident uh, that uh, uh, in as far as economic diplomacy matters, uh, we have been able to ensure there was recalibration of our relationship. The ease of doing business, um, what sort of um, questions were they asking you in terms of is South Africa env environment ready um, and do we have the necessary infrastructure to be able to safeguard the investment, that's one, but also is South Africa government ready in terms of accepting those kind of collaboration as far as green economy is concerned? Yes, I think it's an important question. The, in, the one aspect that we uh, understanding that we were speaking to social democrats, um, so it's a mirror image about uh, our own uh, uh, ideological orientation in South Africa. Uh, we have taken them in confidence on the, our special economic zones in South Africa and the uh, you know, reduced uh, taxation rates uh, both at the level of the SEZs, but also our reduced uh, corporate uh, company tax rates as announced by the Minister of Finance. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about um, the company specifically now. You have met with the business community. There's a lot of people that are already um, com made commitment to come to South Africa to invest. We're leading to we're going to the South African Investment Conference right now. Is there and there's also a number of activities are planned. Companies that are coming um, to 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 South Africa as well. What is the appetite of the business community to say we think that South African market is is open right now? And which kind of industries broadly are they interested to invest in South Africa? In? Yes, I think what is key is to restate the, their observations in terms of. South Africa is the ideal investment uh, climate. Uh, they they have taken us into confidence that they are in support of the what they call the reform agenda that are taking place in South Africa. Uh, so that I think obviously uh, speaks to the type of leadership provided by uh, President Ramaphosa um, to the South African uh, you, you know private and public sector and to uh, his people. In totality, they are of course very big in terms of uh, uh, the green economy. Uh, for an example, uh, uh, in April, uh, there is a Swedish uh, company within the automobile of uh, green sector that will be opening a a factory um, that will employ uh, 600 uh, people um, at a multiplier level with 300 direct jobs uh, being created and, and the additional 300 of course is a multiplier effect in terms of supplier relations and development etc. And that is obviously as it relates to uh, greening the type of user utilization of diesel in the uh, storage type of facilities um, uh, uh, you know and this company uh, is already invested in South America uh, uh, in uh, Mexico um, and it's already invested elsewhere in Europe and they have then identified South Africa as the third uh, biggest uh, you know manufacturing uh, facility in terms of the green economy so mm. they are obviously focusing uh, on the green uh, te technology sector and importantly we have uh, there's an additional hundred Swedish based uh, 
companies within the in, uh, information uh, technology sector uh, that will form part of a, a trade mission in April 2022. And obviously, if you look at the type of trade missions, we're speaking about data storage, data centers, data processing. So they speak obviously about you know uh, the future in terms of uh, how South Africa uh, continues to uh, be agile in terms of capitalizing on uh, you, you know the evolution of your ICT sector, especially the significant role uh, that uh, your data uh, processing companies have to play. So we speak about a hundred. This is hundred separate Swedish corporates that will be coming in April. And this, we can attest to it, is as a result of the, uh, you know, very uh, potent economic diplomacy um, um, uh, engagements that uh, DERCO have started to uh, uh, undertake. Mm. Let's conclude, uh, Deputy Minister, in terms of politically. We know what um, South Africa has been engaged in. President Sorama Pos already has spoke, spoken to his uh, Russian counterparts. Now, the role that South Africa is playing um, in, in terms of what it has said, in terms of bringing um, the various parties um, in, 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 in Ukraine, Russia, in terms of um, cessation of uh, conflict there. What is Norway, what is Sweden have been able to raise in terms of South Africa's stance, one on that conflict, but generally on, on political issues and also on multilateral issues? How, how have you concluded these two visits position South Africa in terms of where it stands on various issues politically. Yeah, I think firstly, let's uh, we we welcome our engagement with uh, the Nordics in particular, of course, uh, Norway and Sweden on multilateral issues. Uh, we we are at one uh, with them uh, on uh, what we call the common agenda of the UN Secretary General. Uh, that looks at uh, making a critical review on where we are in terms of the multilateral um, work that, uh, you know, UNGA in particular dispense with, and to ask and raise critical questions and trying to envisage a, a world, uh, you know, in 2045, uh, when uh, the, the UN, of course, will be celebrating its centenary um, so, so we are looking at those type of issues, and so I think we 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 have been able to find consensus as it relates to the African Common Agenda on the reform of the UN Security Council. I think there has been quite uh, substantive discussions, and for example, the the methodology as it relates to veto rights of P5 members, in particular, uh, when um, they. Uh, uh, are also a subject of discussion have come to the fore and uh, the expanded role that we envisage as it relates to uh, members of the E10 as, as they are known and the type of role that they, uh, uh, you know, we envisage those type of countries should play have come uh, into the space and we have taken them obviously in consideration that any discussions should um, uh, have a, a, at its front the common African position of how best to implement uh, the Surti Declaration and the Israel Wenni Consensus as it relates to the reform of the UN Security Council. 
The second issue, which uh, it's a, was a very important company, a company uh, factor, was the consensus um, as it relates to women, peace, and security, um, uh, both with the Swedes and with Norway. Uh, I think you'll appreciate uh, at a very detailed level we had discussions in particular with Norway because they are currently uh, serving in the uh, UN Security Council in a non-permanent uh, capacity and we had to engage them uh, to try to ascertain uh, when they canvass uh, South Africa's uh, opinion on the membership of the UN Security Council they had what we call a manifesto so we had to then at a, had a detailed discussions on African human uh, peace and security, African human and financial and economic uh, inclusion, which is one of our South Africa's priorities when we execute foreign policy uh, imperatives. And I think we, we have been able to uh, meet each other um, at, a, at, a, at a bilateral level. Uh, in terms of uh, our discussion. So there is unity and purpose in terms of the UN Security Council, the common agenda of the, of the United Nations as uh, presented by uh, Secretary General uh, Guterres. The, the, the third issue, of course, has been the contemporary method of conflict uh, in Europe. Um, we have taken them into confidence on our um, policy position that we have taken as it relates to the conflict. Um, importantly, um, the overarching principle is that uh, that uh, the inscription note that we draw from the United Nations is that all conflicts should necessarily be informed by uh, engagements on disagreements. Even and including in this uh, this uh, particular event where there is a, a conflict of uh, that is armed uh, we have been unequivocal to both sweden and to norway that we do not regard negotiations as secondary uh, to to uh, what needs to uh, be achieved just outright condemnation on who constitute the aggressor uh, is uh, generally not helpful. What is more important is to ensure that uh, there's maximum energies uh, that are put into place to come around the negotiation table, dialogue which ultimately leads to a ceasefire and which ultimately then leads to a withdrawal of, of troops is what we encompass it, which uh, also our president have um, articulated. They have, of course, taken us into confidence on their posture. Um, they are quite, uh, they uh, are quite anxious in terms of uh, their own security concerns as neighboring states uh, in close proximity also to uh, the conflict. Um, and uh, we have appreciated and recognized uh, uh, also their sincerity around uh, uh, their own security con uh, concerns and their security concerns is not necessarily um, interchangeable with the security concerns as raised by Russia, as raised by Ukraine. The Ukraine is quite different because of their 
own experience in the past uh, with uh, and the history of conflict and but i think we we have agreed that uh, to respect uh, uh, each other's positions uh, we 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 have also reminded uh, them that we the lexicon of the unga sponsored uh, uh, resolution did not substantively uh, address the matter of dialogue uh, as it relates to the a, a peace process is concerned and it was for that primary for that reason that we have abstained as south africa um, and our abstinence uh, uh, does not necessarily imply uh, neutrality in terms of our thought processes and that's why we we have been uh, very clear to make our our statement to be a qualification of uh, when we abstained uh, this time around at unga our statement had a qualification in terms of explaining at a detail level some of the policy uh, determinants that we think was omitted from uh, that sponsored resolution